Welcome to Business Talk with Chris Hazel, a podcast where we uncover the stories behind local businesses in and around Stratton Poly. I'm your host, Chris Hazel. Each episode, I chat with passionate business owners and entrepreneurs and dive deep to get to know the people behind the businesses that make this area great. So get ready to be intrigued and inspired by some local legends. Hello and welcome to Business Talk with Chris Hazel. Today I'm joined by Matthew from Cafe Cocktail. Cafe Cocktail is a relaxed and friendly cocktail bar in the heart of Stratford-upon-Avon and they offer a range of cocktails, old and new, wines, craft beers and artisan snacks to a company. So welcome Matthew. Hi, how are you doing? Very well, thanks for coming on. Um, thanks for having me. Oh, you're very much welcome. It's um, yeah, great to have you on. It'd be great to hear First of all, tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and and how you got to uh, to be running Cafe Cocktail. Sure. Um, well, I I began my career as a chef. Um, I I had a passion for cookery right from a, a very very young age. Um, my mother, uh, if I was crying when I was when I was four, she'd sit me in front of Delia Smith and I'd, I'd shut up and pay attention. So, um, food and cookery was was always something I was interested in. Um, I I finished my GCSEs and wanted to go and train to be a chef and my parents convinced me to stay on and, and do my A-levels just in case I changed my mind. So I did. Uh, did my A-levels in, in maths, chemistry and physics whilst I worked in uh, a number of local hospitality businesses uh, in Warwickshire. Once I finished that and I, I still very much wanted to go and train to be a chef, um, I gained a scholarship with the Royal Academy of Culinary Arts um, that sent me down to Bournemouth and Poole College for for three months in every 15 uh, and the remaining 12 months of the year I was on placement um, working as a chef and training in the heart of London um, so I was placed at Wilton's which is uh, German Street St James's it's one of the they, they call themselves the oldest running restaurant in London which is is true um, they've been running longer than um, the restaurant that claims to be the oldest restaurant which is Rules but uh, Wilton's has been going for longer. They just happened to have moved site quite a long time ago. So around 100 years ago, they moved location. And as a result, they can't say they're the oldest restaurant, but they are the longest running. Um, so getting onto that course, is that was that a really difficult course to get onto? What do you have to do to, to it's, qualify? It's, uh, it, you know, it wasn't amazingly hard to get in, but uh, they have quite a low graduation rate so you go in and you 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 meet the lecturers on site um you have a face-to-face interview and a practical interview you talk to them about what it is that you want to do and and why you want to to do that course uh the course is is supported by the royal academy of culinary arts which is a uh, a subsection of l'academie colonnade de france uh so they support but it's also heavily funded by waitrose uh they they fund the college they fund the course Uh, As a result, I actually spent a lot of time with the course cooking for demonstrations and events for Waitrose as well. And then it's it's also sponsored by your work placement. So you go to to placement, which for me was Wilton's uh, and they, you know, throughout that, they then pay for things like your your tuition, your knives, your accommodation, your your whites, your books, uh, your food. So it's it's a good course to go and do for anyone who's really serious about becoming a chef. But it's not an easy course. Um, And some years less than 50 percent of the people who start graduate my year was actually quite a good year for graduation but on the whole it's yeah it can be a tough one to to make your way all the way through but it's 
but it's realistic. Uh, you need you leave knowing what it is to be a chef, and if you if you've made it to graduation, it's because you want to continue. So, um, so yeah. Um, Sorry, yeah, I interrupted was... you. Go back to you at Wilson's. <laughs> Wilson's was great. Uh, Wilson's is a really old-fashioned, traditional restaurant. Uh, they're famous for for fish and for game, particularly for shellfish. Uh, lots of lobsters and crabs, that sort of thing. And uh, and Dover sole, they're very much well known for as well. They sell something like eighty so Dover soles a day on average. So very popular, very busy, but very old-fashioned and traditional. And I loved it. It was great. Uh, I trained with them and worked with them for five years um, and then took those skills elsewhere. I went and did a little bit of traveling before coming back to to Warwickshire, uh, where I went to work for a, another local business. I worked at Ettington Park for a while. Um, I went to them as a chef de party, which is uh, a sort of chief of section chef. Um, worked my way up to, to junior sous chef and then uh, left them to go and work as my in my first head chef position I, I went and opened a new pub in in Buckinghamshire named the Russell Arms uh, that was a difficult time because uh, my my son had not long been born when we when we went to do that so he was he was a baby and we were living in the pub and and working very very hard to set up that business uh, obviously from the engine room from my perspective because I was still a chef at the time um, but learned a lot of skills and uh, learned a lot about business and about hard work doing that uh, before then realizing that being away from family was was very difficult so mm. we came back to Warwickshire um, and I went back to Ettington Park they they'd called me and said they wanted me back um, so this time I returned as senior sous chef rather than junior sous chef um, and uh, yeah I had an, another good stint with them um, but I was hungry to to have my own my own business, my own kitchen again. At the time, kitchen was my own was was the sort of part of the industry where that meant my own business. So uh, I went to work for Le Bistro Pierre in Stratford. Uh, at the time, I was running the kitchen from Le Bistro Pierre, also the Bear Kitchen and uh, conference and banqueting for the Swan's Nest Hotel. So in any given day, it could be a lot of people that we served, um, as many as 750 people in, in one day. It's, uh, it was a big business with a lot of chefs and uh, a lot of kitchen porters as well doing the dishes. But um, it was good. It was good. I, I loved it. And, uh, you know, Le Bistro was, was, at least at the time, a lovely sort of family run company. Um, they were expanding and, and ran by, by two friends from university. Uh, and I remember my first week, the owner came to meet me. It was on the rota. Oh, you've got a day with, with the owner. I was like, oh, OK, that's that's quite intense. A whole day with him. I wonder what that's going to be like. Um, he took me for lunch and we had a few drinks and a chat and it was really lovely and welcoming. Um, good thing for me as well. You know, I've worked at the sharp end of things in London where often chefs can be shouty and, and a bit scary and can throw things. So well, that is, to, that to is be... true. That is a true depiction, is it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, at least at the sharp end of things. But to to actually then be working for somebody who was friendly and welcoming and and, you know, wanted to get to know me and and cared about me a bit more was was a bit of an eye opener in, in a really good way. Um, so, yeah, very much respect John and Rob, who 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 are still involved with the Bistro, but they're, they're no longer majority shareholders. That business has changed a little bit. Right. And, um, and how did you find that? So presumably most of your career has probably been maybe uh, up to that point back based around the food and, and that aspect yes. and now you're probably more I guess running a team than 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 getting involved in the 
actual kitchen. yeah absolutely and and when you're when you're running a big kitchen like that with with so many chefs uh you you, you know you become a manager as much as anything else there's there's a lot less cookery you're managing the chefs who are cooking so it was good for me to do that it uh it it sort of brought me into that mid-management role um following that i went to work for breakspear um so breakspear have got a pub in Stratford they have the townhouse and they also have one in Shipston on Sour which is the George or, or the George townhouse um so I went originally as a what they were calling an area chef um so my position was to sort of base myself in a in a kitchen um work out any any potential problems or issues that they were having and, and just make them be the best that they could be uh, that involved recruiting a head chef for the George um it also involved inducting various head chefs at other sites, um, you know, making sure that they were safe and compliant, which is a very important thing to me. Um, I'm sure you you know the um, the scores on the doors system that you'll see on hospitality businesses, yeah. the, um, the sort of five star ranking system that was created by my father. So um, oh, wow. <laughs> as a result, it's uh, I've never been allowed anything but a five or I'd be in big <laughs> trouble. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I went and did that for a while. That ended up meaning that I spent actually a, a large proportion of my time at the George in Shipston. Um, but I still, you know, went here and there and, and, and helped to solve some problems elsewhere. Um, and after a while, um, the George, in the time that I'd worked for Breakspear, had had moved their way through three different general managers, um, some better than others, but um, they they were without one once again, and I was trying to direct things and, and help from the back when uh, when the area manager said to me, hey, why don't you give it a go? Why don't you come and be our general manager? And that's what I went and did. Um, and I found I really loved it. Uh, working front of house has something that working back of house in kitchens just doesn't. And that is that you get to to see people. You get to, to smile and, and be friendly and you get to meet them and chat with them. And, um, you know, you, you, you get to actually see them enjoying what you're giving them. In a kitchen, you can work hard all day on a on a beautiful plate of food, and then it leaves the, the the hot plate, and that's it. That's that's the end of that. You never you never see anything else. You very rarely hear feedback from from a restaurant. Um, so so I I really thrived and enjoyed the front of house side of things, and I found um, that cocktail making was was very much uh, the sort of chefiest part of front of house. It meant that I'm, I was working with with fresh ingredients. It meant that I was combining flavors, uh, pro producing something that, that I had made. Um, as much as I am quite passionate about wine and craft beer, at the end of the day, when you're when you're serving, it's a case of putting it in the glass. Uh, when you make a cocktail, you're actually creating something, and and you can be creative. You can you can make something new. So that's something I really thrived on, and it, it for me it really bridged the gap between front and back of house, the cocktail making side of things. Um, so whilst with Breakspear, I, I worked quite heavily on their cocktails. I helped develop the menus for, for all of their managed sites, along with uh, one of their um, operations managers. We worked together on that. And um, yeah, it's something I love. Um, and I, I, I love the George. It was a great business. And I, I love looking after the locals that I had and the regulars that I had. Um, but after a while, um, it was it was time for me to go and do something for myself and uh, and that's really where where cafe where cafe cocktail came in um it was it was time for me to have a business where i was calling the shots uh i didn't have a head office to report to and i could i could make sure that everything i did i, I truly believed in um 
something I didn't mention earlier was was some of the training that, that Wilton's provided me when I was in London. They're a, they're a restaurant business like no other. Uh, every single day, we would have a half an hour training session on something. So that's two and a half hours a week of training on something hospitality, be that wine service, be that um, be that cookery, be that how to clear a table or how to polish a plate or, or whatever it was. And a lot of that was was cocktail making as well. So I did get the benefit of quite a bit of cocktail knowledge from when I was training to be a chef, which was, you know, has, has worked out for me in the long run. Um, so that brings me to to where I am now. That's that's why I'm I'm here in Stratford and, and running Cafe Cocktail. But did um, you know when you got into us or way back I say way back when, but when, when you got back into it um at the beginning of your story, did did you always think, well, oh, I'm gonna have, you know, I want my own business and this was this is finally you scratching that itch that you, you always had or Yeah, um, there, there was always it was always something in my mind. Um I always have people saying, Do you want your own restaurant, Do you want your own hotel? Um, and I've always I've always been under the, of the impression that, yes, I would. But I want something that I can manage, that I can be in control of, that I can I can be on the ground with. I don't want to be sat in my ivory tower. I want to be um, a part of something that's that's you know, relatively small. Um, Cafe Cocktail, as I'm sure you know, is is not the biggest of bars. Um, we can comfortably seat 30 and stretch to about 42 but um it's we're not talking about a multi-hundred seater bar where people get forgotten and that's that's what i wanted with a small business be that um if it were a a restaurant for example i would want to be able to have a a hot plate that had a view of the restaurant and i could see everybody and and keep an eye on things and as cafe cocktail is set up uh, i can i can see every guest from from working behind the bar and the cocktail station uh, and I think I think it's really important. There's there's nothing worse than being in a bar or restaurant and and needing somebody to to get you a drink or or to to come and clear your table or pay the bill and you can't see them, you can't get your attention. You've got to get up. Uh, so I like that that aspect of things that I can sort of keep tabs on what's going on and, and make sure that everybody's looked after. Um, and yeah, I think whether it was as a chef or or as a, a cocktail bartender, that was that was always important to me. But it's it's great having. A business that I control. Um, we do what I believe in, uh, and first and foremost, that's that's customer service. Whilst we make, I hope, some really really great drinks, um, it's it's the second most important thing we do. The most important thing we do is we look after people. We try and make sure they have a great time, that they that they enjoy their day, that they leave a little happier than when they arrived, and 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 that that is really the job. That's that's what all my staff are. Are told when they're when they're brought on board uh it's it's first and foremost um uh, i'll give you a good example if if somebody orders a cocktail and it's perfectly made and it's taken to the table um that cocktail will have been made with with premium ingredients it'll be made with spirits that aren't cheap for us to buy uh, and as a result carries you know a higher price tag than a pint of beer or a glass of wine or or a g and t um and and we're in a we're in a cost of living crisis at the moment you know people are spending their hard-earned cash on something that's you know cost more to make um they need to enjoy it and if if somebody receives that drink if they, you know they're spending their hard-earned cash on it and despite it being made perfectly well and and as it should be it's not to their taste it's not to their liking um my team will will go to the table always and say how is everything are you enjoying your drinks open questions 
Um, we, we hate the word okay. We don't say is everything okay because it's okay. Quite frankly, it's not good enough. Um, and if somebody doesn't like what they have, we'll, we'll happily go and replace it for them. Um, that doesn't mean they finish their drink and they get a freebie. It means we'll take away the one they don't like uh, and replace it with one that they will. But we want to make sure that they've, you know, they've got their money's worth, that they've had something that they've enjoyed. Um, and that's, yeah, that's really important to me. As, as a result, we've got some really lovely uh, loyal regulars that we see all the time. Uh, we have you know, lots of people that, that we know by name. Um, we, we often know their drink before they, we know their name. We learn their drink first. Cool. And so how, how long ago did you, did you guys actually launch and how, how difficult was that process? You know, finding a location, obviously you're in a, you're sort of in a really good location in, in the heart of Stratford there. Um, tell me a bit about that. Yeah. So we, we first opened, um, at the end of July, 2022, uh, but we, we had the keys for about six weeks before that. And it, it took that long to, to renovate, to build, to, to get it the way we wanted it to be. Um, the business prior to us finding it was uh, the Music Cafe. Uh, they were a business that were, as it as it sounds, very focused on on music and and performance. Um, and they they also offered vegan food. Uh, and I think the two chaps who were there did a really good job. But it was a different offering to to what we have. As a result, the the sort of decor of the building it was very much geared towards being sort of a theatre bar um kind of vibe they they painted the floor to be a stage area and uh the lighting was was sort of that way as well there were a lot of posters that were fixed to the wall that were all about musicals or or, or music in general um and it wasn't the direction that we were going in so it was important to to decorate and, and to get the right feel we also needed the functionality of of the bar itself because when you make cocktails, you can't just do it out of a fridge. You have to have a, a proper cocktail station. You have to have a, a very good ice machine that will keep up. Um, so the equipment takes a lot of space and we needed the bar built to be that way. Um, so, yeah, that, that took us about six weeks or so. In terms of finding the spot, uh, it, it was it was by chance. My my parents in particular were regular frequenters of the music cafe and the the two chaps who were who were running it said they were looking to to move on and did they know anyone and my mum's ears perked up and she went absolutely yes i do so um that's kind of brought us to to where we are now um it's a great spot for us it's as i was saying earlier it's it's not too large it's manageable size um it's relatively central we are i'd say just out of the the heart of of of, of stratford but but not far out and um and yeah, it's 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 a it's a good spot to be in. I I live in Stratford myself, so I can I can walk to work, which is always a nice thing to do. Uh, don't have to worry about Stratford traffic when you're walking as well, so that's handy. Um, but yeah, it's a town that we know and that we love, and and it means that we, as I was saying earlier, we've got some some really lovely regular guests uh, that we that we see all the time and 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 love to see, and know most by name. And, and the menu, how how often does that change? How, how much do you, do you play with that? Obviously, if you've got these regulars, they want to come in and have their their regular uh, cocktail. But how often do you change that up? Is it seasonal? Well, the good news is that there's something new every week. Uh, so we we do a cocktail of the week every single week. And that always changes based upon uh, what might be happening in the calendar in general, uh, what time of year it is and, and the weather 
or um, or we might have some sort of special event. So with it being Halloween today, whilst we're making this recording, we're just coming off the back of of doing three Halloween cocktails for that. Uh, you know, through the summer, we we focus more on sort of tiki style drinks. So we were doing a lot of rum, um, a lot of sort of tropical juices, that sort of thing. The kind of thing that you would you would want on a hot summer's day. As we now are moving into the winter, um, it's time for us to start bringing some hot cocktails into the into the forefront again. Um, and uh, and sort of Christmas is only around the corner. So there is always something new with that. Other than that, the menu does change uh, roughly every every six months. So I'm about to have my my next full menu release. And again, that's because of season. Uh, it's, people tend to want to drink fruity, citrusy, fresh cocktails in the summer, and they want to drink something that's a little more warming or a little more deep during the in the colder months. So uh, we're making that change. Uh, we're also making quite a, a, a big change as to how our menu is presented. Uh, our current menu is categorised by spirit. Uh, so you'll be able to go to a gin section and see all of our gin cocktails or a rum section, see our rum cocktails. Uh, and as good as that is, we, we do find that actually at the minute we may have a little too much choice. It's a difficult thing because people want some classics. Uh, people will come in and, and they'll order a mojito, for example, which is a great cocktail, really great cocktail. Um, it's not in the menu, but we're happy to make it. We're always happy to make uh, great, great classics. What we find is, is we've got so much choice at the moment. I think people are ordering classics before they've actually given our specialities a, a good look. So we're going to condense our menu. We're going to put our menu um, new release into, into two halves. One half will be uh, the classics that we really love and want to showcase. And the other half will be our speciality cocktails, things you can't get elsewhere. Uh, and in truth, that's what keeps us ticking. We like to give people things that they can't have somewhere else that they won't try every day. It's uh, it's nice to, to to try something new. It might be a difficult question for you to answer, but what's your favourite cocktail? That's a very difficult question for me to answer. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sort of changing answer as well. I, I, mm. I change my mind all the time um we we do have a cocktail that we opened with and it's still on our menu that i love um called an amora amaro the amora amaro is a very unusual cocktail um cocktails on the whole there there are six different cocktails that is that is the world of cocktails there are six and if you understand those six you can make anything else that everything else is just a variation on those six uh where the, the where the amora amaro is is really unusual is it still goes into one of those classic six. So the classic template that it follows is a sidecar. A sidecar is a cocktail that's uh, it's served up. It's made with a spirit, a liqueur, citrus and sugar. Uh, but what's re and, and sometimes sometimes with some bitters as well, but it, it depends on the specific recipe. What's really unusual about the Amora Amaro is that it has all of that, but everything is shifted. Um, so this, where, where the spirit would be, there is a liqueur where the liqueur would be, there are bitters, um, and then you work your way down into the, the citrus and the sugar. So it's 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 ends up being a cocktail that is really, really full flavored. It packs a massive punch because you you aren't working with a spirit at all. You're working with a base, a base liqueur, which in this case is Amaro Montenegro. Um, that's a bitter aperitif of the same family as Campari or, or Aperol, although uh, Montenegro is a little bit richer. So that's your base rather than a spirit, which is already really odd. Um, and then then what comes in is, is your bitters. Now, normally uh, cocktail bitters are 
very, very strong and therefore you use very, very little. A lot of recipes will have one dash, two dashes, maybe three dashes. Um, this cocktail, we I did count how many dashes it was once because somebody asked me, but it's we use so much of it that we we pour the bitters rather than dash them. Um, but I did go and, and measure it and count, and it's 30 dashes of bitters that go into this drink, which gives it tons of flavor. Um, so you get you get gentian, you get cinnamon, you get cloves, um, cardamom, star anise, vanilla. There's there's so much going on. Um, and then that's balanced with lots of lime juice. Uh, and then some and then some sugar to round things off. So you get a really, really bitter drink that is also really fresh, is really rich, uh, is really rounded and um, and very much tastes like Christmas spice. I hear a lot of people say that with the drink. So, yes, I like the Amoro Amaro. Um, that's definitely one of my favourites. So the only thing into, with it. We're coming into the season where it might be a, a good drink to have as well. It's got Christmas spice in it. Yeah. And uh, the the only thing I say with the Amor Amaro, when people say, oh, should I try this? I say, absolutely, you should. But if that's what you're having, you need to stay on that for the rest of the night or wait and have it as your last drink later on, because it's so full flavoured that you won't taste your next drink if you have something <laughs> else. <laughs> um, you're going to have to tell us what the six uh, core cocktails are now, I think. Yeah. OK, so the six classic core cocktails. Uh, so you have a you may have heard of some of these but others may be maybe a little unusual so uh there's a highball a highball is a really really classic drink uh in fact it's the drink that winston churchill used to have for breakfast uh he'd have a whiskey highball and it's simply a, a spirit topped with a soda or something else effervescent so an example of that would be um if you were to have a pims or an aperol spritz um something where you're adding a fizzy element to a spirit that's your highball You've then got uh, a daiquiri. The daiquiri is arguably the oldest cocktail that exists. Um, some people will tell you different, but there's a good argument to say that it is. And a, a classic daiquiri is made just with rum, lime and sugar, nothing else. Um, there are huge variations on that and you can you can go lots of different directions with a daiquiri. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be rum. You can use a different spirit, but that's your, your sort of base template for a daiquiri. A sidecar uh, is kind of a daiquiri plus um, sidecar, a traditional sidecar is made with brandy, orange liqueur, lemon and sugar. Um, so the difference there to a, to a daiquiri is you still have spirits, citrus and sugar, but you're also introducing that uh, that liqueur into the into the mix as well. So good op a good example of a, a sidecar variation would be a margarita. Uh, a margarita is made with tequila as your spirits. You've got an orange liqueur, you've got citrus in the form of lime and a little bit of sugar in there as well. Uh, where are we up to? We've done daiquiri, highball, and uh, and sidecar. Yeah. Talk about a martini. Um, a classic martini, a true martini, is made with either gin or vodka and a vermouth. Uh, and doesn't really need anything more than that, not for a classic martini anyway. Uh, it's specifically a stirred drink, not a shaken drink. James Bond was wrong. <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> it's it's much better stirred um when you shake a martini you aerate it uh and by by aerating it you you can bruise the gin and you can lose a little bit of the flavor it's for me at least a drink you should stir a martini uh we're up to four aren't we so we've got yeah. a flip uh, a flip is a really really unusual drink um and, and one that you don't see so much today it's called a flip because it's it's uh, a drink where the sugar becomes inverted and and in times gone by 
when the origins of the flip, they used to add a, a hot poker to the drink and that would invert the sugar. Um, but it's a drink that often has milk or cream and eggs. So you get a creamy, frothy texture. Um, a brandy flip would be the sort of one you're most likely to see today. Uh, so that you would you would have brandy, sugar, uh, some cream, some egg, and, and you would you would shake and strain. A more sort of uh, modern classic that you're likely to see would be a Brandy Alexander. Um, so with a Brandy Alexander, okay, there's no egg, but you've got that cream and milk element in there with your brandy and with your chocolate liqueur. So you've got something that is that is creamy and has been spitted from that. Uh, and the last one uh, would be an old fashioned. Um, an old fashioned is a stirred drink uh, that consists of a spirit, normally whiskey, often normally bourbon whiskey, uh, with sugar and 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 bitters and Again, you can go massive variations on that to make different drinks. Uh, a Sazerac is an old fashioned variation. Um, a, we, we had one last week for Halloween. Uh, the Old Devil is a, is a Halloween uh, old fashioned variation made with rums because devil is an old colloquial term for rum. So an old devil, an old fashioned. Um, and after you've got those core six cocktails, so that's highball, daiquiri, sidecar, flip, uh, old fashioned and martini, you can use those six to make anything if you understand those six. And sometimes you'll make a drink that actually uses a bit of both. So a good example of that would be a Manhattan. I love a Manhattan, beautiful drink, uh, traditionally made with either rye or bourbon whiskey and sweet vermouth with some Angostura bitters that you stir and you strain into a, a cooper or a martini glass with no ice. There's an argument to say that that drink is a little bit of an old fashioned and it's a little bit of a martini. If you think about a martini, it's a spirit and a vermouth that you stir and serve up. Well, that's true of a Manhattan as well. Or you think of an old fashioned, well, it's it's whiskey and, and bitters and and it's a stirred drink. So the two combined can lead you to that that Manhattan. And that's that's the way we try and think about cocktails when we create a new one. We will we will take one or maybe two of the six. And, and send it in a certain direction. But you have to have that opening template to, to move forward. And how difficult is it um, when you're creating these? Uh, do you, do you, are you drinking and tasting? and Or, or is it like wine tasting, are you, are you uh, spitting? Or how, how does it work with cocktail making? It's um, generally speaking, if we're creating a new cocktail, we'll only work on one at a time. Otherwise, it can become quite dangerous. Um, so we'll work on one and uh, we'll have a starting point and it won't just be one bartender. So we'll, we'll make a cocktail. We'll, we'll often put together a recipe that we think will work and then you test it. So you make that cocktail um, and we taste. Um, so it's not a case of, of drinking the whole thing. We taste if we're happy with it straight away, which doesn't happen often, but happens on occasion, then then great job done. Um, if not, then we'll change one element at a time so if we made a drink that has too much citrus we'll dial the citrus back a little bit and make that again if we think oh actually it also needs to be a bit more spirit forward then we might increase the spirit that goes in there so we'll make that we'll try it again if we go you know what this might not be the right spirit for the drink we say we've used a, a white rum and actually it deserves uh, a rich dark molasses rum then we'll swap that out or we'll do a blend of the two but it's a process where you do you make one change at a time so you make that one change, taste that. If you need to make another change, you make that change, taste that. The problem is if you if you change two things at once, because they're all working in harmony with one, an one another, 
you can't then work out where you need to go from there. So you have to go one thing at a time. And sometimes that takes a long time. Uh, we had a drink that we were running as our summer signature cocktail, uh, the Aztec Mai Tai. Uh, and that took us the best part of a month to get right. And we had some very good Mai Tais that we made in between, but they weren't the perfect one. They weren't where we wanted to finish. And, and after a month's worth of development, we had this cocktail that we were, we were really proud of. Uh, and ran through the summer cool um and so what what's the what's the future hold for the cafe cocktail what have you what are your plans what's uh, what's coming for the immediate future we just want to to continue to to grow and become better than we are now on site um i'm really proud of what the, the point we've got to already and i've got a fantastic team who are who are really doing an amazing job and, and they're lovely people and that's that's very much the most important part of hiring for me is that you hire hire nice people. Um, if they've got skills, great. If they haven't, you can train skills, but you can't train train somebody to change their personality. So friendly, nice people that I want to work with and and, and customers want to come and and be served by is is number one. Um, so continuing to train on that point in front is 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 important to us. Uh, we are working closely with lots of local groups and things at the moment. So um, we've. As you know, Chris, we've yeah. uh, been working with the Mum Club, uh, which is a, a group of, of mothers with, with young children who get together. Uh, we've also got a, a thing that we're doing called Boozy Book Clubs that we run the last Tuesday of each month. So we get authors in with their books to, to talk about their books, get a drink included, a nice nice evening. We've got a wreath making class coming up that we're, we're doing for um, ahead of Christmas. So you can come in and have a drink and, and build a Christmas wreath. So sort of those sort of events we're doing more and more of. We've also been doing quite a lot more of... Uh, private hire events where we either do a cocktail masterclass or somebody hires out cafe cocktail for, for their own private birthday anniversary, whatever it might be. Um, but that's, I guess that's the, the short term is to continue to, to build and grow in, in that respect. But for the long term, um, and at the moment there's no plans afoot, it's kind of more, this is what I'd like to do. I'd, I'd love to have a, a second site and maybe a third site. Um, as I said, there's no wheels in motion for that, but long term that would be lovely uh but that would be that would be it i don't want an empire i don't want um a massive faceless entity across the country uh if it, if it were to grow to three sites then that would be enough for me to be present and to be involved in each one um and that would keep me happy but uh yeah you're not you're not gonna see you're not gonna see a cafe cocktail in in every um every precinct of, of every city and town in the uk that's just not the way we are yeah. uh what we is, is you know it's skilled work and, and it involves being hands-on and, and attention to detail so yeah long term but not not for now <laughs> no and you keep local again would you um especially if you want to be in them i suppose you need it well, to, to be relatively it, local. It, it, need, it needs to be far enough away that it made sense to have a second one rather than just to come to the site that we're in now, but close enough that I can be there and and, and have an impact. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And um, yeah, coming on to my finishing questions, what's your favourite local business? Um, I have a lot of local businesses that I really love. Um, so I'm going to cheat here and I'm going to I'm going to name two if that's all right. I'll let you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one for the morning and one for the evening. So. Um, 
I really love Arkle, which is on uh, Henley Street in Stratford. They're another hospitality business. They do fantastic coffees and breakfasts, and they're run by a really wonderful couple uh, who are, are welcoming and friendly. Um, and it's just a really relaxed, nice place to be. Um, they've also uh, been been very helpful to me as well. Um, at one point in time, I needed to get hold of some avocado stones for a project I was making with a cocktail. And uh, with their breakfast, they have a lot of avocado stones left over. So they save them all up for me and and uh, and let me have those. But they're, they're lovely people. And there's definitely there's definitely my favorite haunt for breakfast in Stratford. So that's my first answer. Um, but my second one, um, again, is a business that is ran by by a couple. Um, and, and that's your bard. Uh, which are next to the Playhouse in Stratford. They're a craft beer tasting room and bottle shop. Um, and he has weird, quirky, interesting stuff there that uh, that you won't find somewhere else. And again, it's it's a family welcoming feel. Um, and, and for me, that's that's really important. I think that's something that we try and have at Cafe Cocktail as well. I think to that personality that individuality is is something that i love and that's why i'd name those two businesses for sure oh perfect i think i think you're the second person to um to mention arkle uh so they're obviously doing doing something right and uh yeah i've seen your bard around i don't think you've been in yet but um with the three young kids you don't get the opportunity to to pop into pubs and things like that all, to, all um, the, the good news is that they'll serve you um beer by the one third of a pint so if you need to drop <laughs> in for a you can <laughs> so yeah where where can people find out more about if they want to find out more about the, the private hire or um anything else where, where's the best place for them to get in touch so uh we have our own website as you'd expect and we're very very active on social media uh both on instagram and facebook we're cafe cocktail uk you can message us via either of those platforms or also email us on info at cafe cocktail.co.uk uh, you'll also find our, our telephone number online, which, uh, whilst it appears to be a, a landline number, you can WhatsApp us via that as well. So there's lots of different ways to get in touch. Uh, if it is a private hire or anything like that, then then we would say please do get in touch, and we'll we'll tailor it exactly to to your experience. People often are after different things, so it's best that we have a conversation uh, rather than cookie cutter it. Um, or if you just wanted to come and book a table, you can do that directly via cafecocktail.co.uk or you can book a table straight from Google. If you just Google Cafe Cocktail, there's a reserve button right on the Google page as well. Perfect. I'll link to um, all the socials and things like that in the show notes. But thanks for coming on. Um, it's been great to have you on here. We're, we're recording this at, uh, well, it's now 10 to 12 on a Tuesday and I find myself really wanting a drink. <laughs> um, which uh, is for different reasons to normal uh, at that sort of time. But um, yeah, it's been really good to uh, to chat with you. So thank you so much for coming on. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Chris, and uh, see you soon. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please email me at chris at chrishazelmortgages.co.uk. Speak to you next time.